<laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Randy Bruce from Survivor Now, your go-to source for international and U.S. Survivor. My team and I have been putting in the work to bring you even more content covering everyone's favorite competition show. We now offer more content than ever over on our YouTube page through our new subscription tier system. Sign up today for either our casual, superfan, or the tribe tiers to get exclusive content only available for our most committed listeners. Prices start at just 99 cents a month, and our top membership, the tribe, is only $5.99 a month. Come on, come on. You cannot beat that price for exclusive videos, interviews, and meet and greets with your favorite Survivor castaways. Head on over to our YouTube page to subscribe today. And don't forget to check out all of the content that we offer at www.survivornowpodcast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Brother Now. Today, Jack and I are going to talk about the live eviction episode of Big Brother. This is episode seven. We're also going to talk a little bit about what led up to this during the entire week, and there is a lot to cover. So right off the bat, let's just go over who was evicted from the Big Brother house. By a unanimous vote, Riley has been evicted from the Big Brother house. Jack, how do you feel about this move? Who do you think it benefits and who do you think it hinders? Um, that is very tough. That's very tough. Here's the thing. This whole um, game so far has been about two sides of the house pretty much. It's been about the younger people and the older people, the handful and the professors or the bye-bye B-word bitches. Bye-bye B-words, Um I will say, I think this was the right move for the professors, but the handful, not so much. I will say why for the professors. Um, this was the right move for the professors because as much as um, keeping Riley was good, there are still so many good competitors that can take out Hysom for the professors. When you get rid of Hysom from the professors – the strength of competitors goes admittedly pretty far down. It doesn't really get a lot because Heisen's figure he's becoming a beast. He's pretty good. Um, the professors, the other ones haven't really shown much comp strength yet. Maybe the throwing, who knows, but um, you know, Heisen's kind of the meat of that. And when you have five competitors in a young Alliance against one competitor, in old Alliance, Keeping all of those young competitors means that you're going to have five young competitors, but now they only have four to beat. So I think this was the right move for the professors. Handful, not so much. I think, you know, keeping Riley could have been a good number for their side. Um, but, you know, it, it happens. What do yeah, you I mean, do? clearly, clearly Riley has made an impression on uh, – the original handful and they really wanted to keep her but it just doesn't seem like they have the numbers i'm gonna let will in hey will we were just Whoa! talking about who this move benefits who do you think uh when it, with getting rid of riley who do you think it benefits who do you think it hinders um i mean i think it benefits Hisam most definitely because that's his target right um i think it most hinders at this point uh, Sari, Izzy, and Jared, and Felicia in that court. Why do you give me those eyes? Yeah. Because I said the exact, I said the exact yeah. opposite thing. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Initially, voting out Riley was good for them, but don't forget, this vote was up in the air for a good bit. Sari and Izzy, they put in a lot of groundwork to vote out Cameron, and now they have to go back on that, and they have to do damage control, which I think is weaker than you know, voting out Riley initially or voting out Cameron. So I think, honestly, the biggest losers of this vote, besides Riley's side, because they're always losing a number, is Suri, Felicia, Izzy, and Jared. That's, fair. That's a good point. Yeah, That's if, fair. if it comes out that they were scheming, yep. that might not be a good look for them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think personally, I think the biggest winner of this vote um, has to be Red. I don't think anyone wins better than Red. He keeps Cameron in the game, which is someone that's loyal to him, is his ally. And he's keeping some of the young competitors in while keeping uh, Heisem in as an old competitor. So I think Red kind of won on every every level here, in all honesty. Oh, yeah. Um, Truly. Now, did we I, want the vote? Oh, sorry, Matthew, go ahead. No, please. Were you going to ask, did we want Riley to go home? Yeah, I was going to say, did we want the vote flip? No, I I, I, want, I wanted Cameron to go. <laughs> I, did, I, don't, I don't really like Cameron. Um, and Riley's probably, you know, better for general, like, game fun and game entertainment. So seeing her go was not as fun feeds as Cameron going. But, you know, it, it, again, it happens. Uh, yeah. oddball of uh, Heisem uh, not getting his wish of voting on Riley and then yeah, that would have really been that would have been entertaining. wonderful to see I couldn't even imagine I could, I could only imagine what the fallout yeah. would be if the vote did flip I think it would be very entertaining very. personally I'm with Jack I would have preferred to see Riley play the game without Cameron Same. and I would love to have mm-hmm. seen how she would have changed her strategy moving forward that being said I the thing with Heistum, right? And we, we saw him say it to America during this episode. He was like, did you all hear him say, uh, I never even wanted to work with the people that I'm currently working with if it yeah. wasn't for, uh, yeah. if it wasn't for Riley. And then when he's talking to his alliance, when that wonderful segment of Heistum's HOH-itis, where he is continuing to strategize, even though everything is pretty much set, I, it was very interesting that he said, uh, I'd like to avoid winning, he said. For the next couple of weeks, I just want to sit back. I don't want to win. And that right there is a reason why I think their alliance getting rid of Riley was the best option because now he feels so comfortable to throw challenges. I, I'd i like to say Heisem is a great villain. Like yeah. That guy is fantastic. I think he's a great villain. We haven't had a true villain he's not like i don't think he's trying to be intentionally villainous but he just is and i think that's the best part about it that's that's what we like to see like a lot of people i've seen a lot of people go like god heisem sucks heisem's the worst we hate heisem that's what you're supposed to do like i'm sorry but that is what you're supposed to do you see a villain on reality tv you're supposed to hate that person that is good casting so good job on that but yes i for the past couple of days, I've seen Heisum kind of start to leak out that he really never wanted to be with the older side of the house because he sees himself as a young, strapping, like, <laughs> I'm going to win all the comps kind of guy. And so he wants to go with the young people, and he's starting to leak that out. I mean, I thought his grave was already dug with the way he was just strategizing with everybody. But now with that – now you have the old people against you too. And it's, you know, you're just, he, if he goes on a magical comp run and becomes like a great villain, I, I hope he gets the jury. I hope he gets 11th or 10th. I do. I do. I want to see him the jury. With as messy as this game is, I, I, can, mm-hmm. see, I can see Heisem right? sticking around. I hope so. I agree with both of you. I think he would, if he's the first person that goes to jury, I think that would just be so wonderful. Because we do get, we get a little more screen time with him. Um, I love what you said, Jack, especially with Heisem. I'm so happy that we have a villain who is not, like, absolutely yeah, hateful, like, right? like we don't need an offensive person as a villain. We just need someone who is playing villainous and is playing like in that limelight, and then we're good, you know? Yeah, with the past couple of seasons, it's, it's really refreshing to have him in the game. And I will also say, I this is my theory, but does Heisem remind you both of like a villain that the Powerpuff Girls would have fought in their lifetime? Like he's so cartoonishly... Like it's like you can tell he's like twirling his non-existent mustache the entire time. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean I've watched Powderpuff, but you know I'm imagining all the cartoon villains from all the old cartoon, maybe like Looney Tunes or something. Where you run, 
like he's doing all that. Like, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. Yeah. I, again, I I've also haven't seen Powerpuff Girls, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> he is very pop and very cartoony, and I love Heisen a lot. He's one of my favorites this season, no doubt. But now, Will, we know that something that Heisem did that rubbed people the wrong way was his veto speech to Riley in particular. We saw it in the veto episode last night. But I'm curious to know, Will, what did you, do you think that they cut some stuff out that we didn't get to see? Yes. I think they, they cut out a lot in a lot of speeches. Um, and from what I've heard, it's a lot of speculation because we can't see the speeches live on the feed. So, so we, we never know what's truly said, right? But apparently, from what I've seen online, uh, the speech itself was like five or six minutes long, and it just railed into Riley about how everyone needs to vote her out, how she's the reason why Hassam can't work with the young people is because of Riley, and a lot of things that were said on the episode. <laughs> but just, like, just imagine that, but over-exaggerated for five, six minutes, and it just, I, I really wish we saw it. But I think that veto speech is really what um, what did Heisman in um, and made it so he can't recover. Yeah, I think I think the greatest thing with Heisman and the greatest thing with any villain is that to make a villain actually in a way rootable, they have to have meaning behind their intentions. If Heisman was going after Riley because he just didn't like her. Or was just like God. Riley's just the worst person. Like it, like Daniel targeting Taylor last season. Like yeah. that was just like fabricated out of nowhere, out the wazoo. Instead, Heisem has a clear baseline. Riley threw Heisem's name out clearly in Week One as a target option, and Heisem's like, "All right, well, you did that, so I'm going to get you back." That's an intention. And that's something that some people might want to root for. I'm not saying I'm rooting for Heisem. I'm just rooting for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think to expand on that too. I think what makes a good villain is either self awareness, or or that intention, right? Because Heisem, yeah. he's not self aware. He's not aware. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. But but at the same time too, he's doing it in a way where. He still means well, and he still cares for Riley. There's, there's still scenes on, on feet where he still he does care about Riley in a personable way. It's just he has that game filter, which is so unlikable. It hits you like a truck, and it makes the whole week come alive in such spectacular fashion. I, his confessionals are top-notch, I just got to say. They are. No. He says he has, like, the perfect tone and i love i love how the editors are sort of playing into this they're they're really hamming they, they it up it. and i like it yeah i will I, we, we see i mean first of all i, I do want to give like a shout out to the editors i've been feeling like the episodes have been feeling a little bit disjointed the past couple of weeks but i don't think that's on them i think that this there's there are producers and people who are making decisions that want to highlight what to show on on it and that you know the editors just have to get it done in a certain amount of time so i thought this episode was actually a lot of fun and these, yeah. the veto episode and this one were pretty fun i think with this kind of season there's a lot going on like like if you do not watch the feeds again you do not understand but there is game talk all the time past seasons Maybe not. Like, there's some, like, there's decent amount of game talk, and it's usually earlier in the week, but it kind of fizzles out as the week goes on. We don't stop on the BB25 train, let me tell you. Like, it, it is going every single day. And it's, and I actually want to bring this into the next segment because this is something I really want to talk about um, is the emergence of three players, fan favorites, uh, and they're all apparently working together now. Um, Let's go. If you have not been watching the live feeds, I, again, I strongly urge you do. Uh, this was shown briefly in the episode, but America and Corey uh, had a conversation, and yes. that was just a glimpse into the absolute mind games that America has been pulling over people and just playing fantastic the past couple days. America has been really playing strong, and with that comes Corey, who was playing the middle strong as well and with that 
comes Mimi as well because America and Mimi want to work together and then America and Corey want to work together. So that's a three. And then if you haven't, again, watch the feeds because for the past week, Mimi goes into the storage room at random times of the day and rants to the camera. We saw it in a DR this episode, but Mimi just unloads. And we like camera talks as fans. That is a camera rant. And Mimi, <laughs> I'm telling you, America, Corey and Mimi, those three, watch. Watch for them. They are playing good and they're entertaining as well. Buy their stocks. Buy their stocks. <laughs> I'm a stock watch guy. We are in stock watch. Buy their stocks. They're, they're cooking. I- Put me down for some shares because, oh my gosh, the the Mimericori Alliance is, I'm, I'm officially naming it that. I see a lot of different versions of their alliance name online. That's just the one that comes easiest to me. These are three of my favorite players this season. And I'm just, I'm so happy that they are teaming up. We haven't talked a lot about Mimi on these recaps. That's partially because I think we've all been feeling like Mimi's in a great spot. And typically we're talking about people who are maybe making a a lot more mistakes or are the center of the episodes with Mimi, the past couple of episodes, she's really been utilized as sort of like a confessional narrator for the actual episodes themselves. So I am so happy, especially in tonight, we finally got just that little bit of gameplay that we all, anyone who's been watching the feeds has known that she's been doing. Same with America, same with Corey. Yeah. This is just an interlude. I'm hoping to a lot more content from them. I mean, it's all going to depend on this HOH. Obviously, like the HOH dictates most of the confessionals, and then Sari usually has the second most. Um, but it all depends on the HOH. And if the HOH happens to be one of them, I don't think it's good. The only one I think it could be is Mimi. America's definitely throwing. Corey's definitely throwing. Do you think so? H- I, there's no way, right? There's- I think Corey's throwing. All right, look. Here, so I watched a video today. Um, Ethanimal is oh, yep. great big brother YouTuber. Um, today he posted the success of uh, third HOHs in Big Brother. I think right. five third HOHs have won. Yep. And then almost all of the rest of them have been incredibly influential in the game and have almost won or gotten very close. This is big. So... Whoever wins, unless this is a unicorn scenario where it doesn't happen, whoever wins this HOH, there's a lot of power. Like, I keep segueing into different things, and I apologize, but I'm very excited, obviously. But this is big. This is the biggest round so far, point blank. I, who do you two think should win this HOH, or what would be the most entertaining for either of you? Entertaining would be would be America, Mimi, or Corey, most definitely. Yeah. You think so? I don't think so. Entertaining? I think so. Because I feel like um I think part of it too is that they are the more under radar uh players, right? Because we hear a lot from Suri and a lot from Hysum, and we've been hearing a lot from Matt recently. And so I want someone like Mimi to get some screen time, someone like America to get, you know more screen time um that just as well as because i don't want fans online going like oh this person did nothing when there's a whole summer of live feeds proving them wrong Um, who should who i I think should win uh or i think jag most definitely he just lost a number i like jag a lot yeah and so i think it's in his best favor to win or or matt um but no matter what Heisen's time is ticking. Um, I'd like to say, I think who I'd want to win, I want to see Izzy win because I want to see what Izzy is going to do. Oh, I want to see if Izzy is going to go after that young guy's side or is going to go right for Heisen. And I'm very interested to see how that plays. But I think the person who actually needs to win this the most is Blue because yeah. Blue is connected with Jag and connected with Matt, but she's not really good with everyone else. Whereas I feel like like Jag and Matt, for example, have kind of done a good job at least maintaining something with the rest of the house. Now, obviously, if they decide to go after big guys, then Jag and Matt are in trouble. But in terms of connections, I think Blue is actually the one who needs this the most. 
And I think it would be a good idea for her to really gun for the situation, pull it out. Yeah. I mean, to me, with Blue, I just feel like she really just needs the safety because she's becoming yeah. a person that very quickly, a lot of people are like, oh, we could just throw Blue on the block. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's a position that anyone would want to be in. So I do agree. I think Blue would be a great HOH. But I have Izzy in mind for a different position for the week, Ooh. which is that... I would really like to see Izzy or just for entertainment purposes, Izzy on the block with Suri or Jared. With a Heisen back door. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I would love to see is Izzy going to keep the secret? If it, if it's past the veto and they're still she's still on the block with either Jared or Suri, is the secret coming out? Oh, that that's a good yeah i think i think so i think i think izzy is still a player and i don't think that she's totally blinded by by suri right and so there's still that level of gameplay where izzy's like all right suri is my favorite survivor player of all time whatever right great ally great shield but you got to know when to let go of your shield right you can't let your shield get further in the game because that's that's not a shield anymore you know and so i could i i think izzy plus two izzy is just very unstable very very out um emotional very will drop on, i don't know she, she cries all the time i see her leaking uh the jared and Suri relationship my only hope is that if izzy is on the block and izzy decides to leak this out that Suri, the great that she is has already thought of exactly the scenario and has a plan to go against that. If she does, I think we're five and I think Suri will stay. Otherwise, might be an early exit for the survivor goddess with that scenario. Mm, yeah. yeah. Or I, I think oh what what will what what's the alternative? No, you, you tell me Matthew because I, I have a good <laughs> I have a fan fiction I wanna share to y'all about what I want to happen this week. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested right. to hear it. I was just yeah, saying, when it comes to Suri's gameplay, I think it would be so cool if she somehow manages to get Izzy out in a way where Izzy doesn't realize that Suri is the one who orchestrated it and therefore feels like she needs to keep the secret uh, in order to protect Suri and Jared. I think that yep. would also be cool, yep. and it would further cement Suri as a total legend. I, I think the I think that is a textbook example of you need to find a way to um, get the young guy the young handful alliance to do it and set it up like an Ian Big Brother fourteen situation. Um, <clears throat> in Big history lesson, everyone in Big Brother fourteen, um, there was an alliance called the Quack Pack, and it was Dan Giesling, Brittany Haynes, uh, these two players named Shane and Danielle. Um, they wanted to bring in one more person, and Ian was the guy because Ian said, yeah, I'm with y'all. I'm loyal to y'all hundred percent. And so when was it Brittany, I think who put up Mike, Mike, in, it was, so, it was someone in the, um, you're going to have to tell me. Ah, I can't remember. Remember. One of them. Here, let me fact check myself real quick, but While one of them. That, Jack, yes. Should we see what Will's, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I'd like to see that. If I, if I could write down what I want to happen this week in big brother, Here's what it would be, right? Let's say Jag wins House Household, right? And he puts up Izzy and Suri. And, you know, Izzy starts freaking out, right? And immediately tells people about Jared and Suri's relationship, right? But then Jared wins the veto and pulls down Suri. I want that, that, that dynamic more than anything else. I want Suri to be safe after that fallout. And I want Izzy and Hassam or Hysam to, to be the final two nominees. Because then it's still up in the air. Because it's like, yeah, everyone won Hysam gone. But, you know, Izzy is being you know emotional and blowing up people's games. So Izzy might stay. Hysam or Izzy might go. Hysam might stay for you know additional few weeks. That would be what I want. That is like if I could write down a script, a season of Big Brother. Or just script a week. Well, that is 
awesome. What I love about what you just said and the idea of something like that happening is that it gives Suri and Jared extra motivation to win that next HOH. Yep. And it's just going to launch us into the next week. I think that's And cool. the next HOH. Before, let me let me finish my thing. Let me finish my thing. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, so Big Brother 14, Quackback, blah, blah, blah. Shane wins the HOH, puts up Mike Boogie and Frank. Um, and then they're on the block come final eviction. Ian was on a team with Boogie and Frank for the entire game up until like a round or two ago and evicts Boogie, which is not the, which is not the plan of what he's supposed to do. Therefore betraying his Alliance and, and you know, Boogie didn't even know until he was evicted and he got Ian's goodbye message that said that Ian was the mastermind of it all. That is how Sari does it. Okay. Now moving on. Um, I think everybody's stirred up in a frenzy. Big Brother got us hooked on our seats again. We have not seen this comp since Big Brother 6. Pressure Cooker is back. Let's go. So excited. I'm so I really hope they don't mess it up. I really hope it is the OG <laughs> cooker. Like it is what it is. Watch it on the feeds. I don't I really wish because a lot of endurance times <clears throat> nowadays, there's always a stipulation, a rule where you know oh there's going to be this element to where it lasts a shorter amount of time right like the wall columns nowadays they're not even an hour long i want i want a really long pressure cooker i want it to last six hours at least you know i want i want it to last at least 16. at least let the sun come up i want the sun to come up i i think it's worth it i think this cast deserves it i think only those who want to win it and those who are actually mental mentally stable enough to stay in there that long deserve to win it um that's the comp i see someone like Corey america or like even mimi winning because they you know they have a good grasp on their sanity within the house and that's the nature they might want to win so I think it's that one they want to win because pressure cooker is iconic you wouldn't pr- like i'm sure Corey's thinking like you know, if ever pressure cooker comes up, I gotta win that because, like, it's you know, BB legend. So, oh yeah, I, I'm sure. I mean, while he's in there too, Corey's reimagining <laughs> the entire episode sequence of events of Caser coming back. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love like they're excited to see the pressure cooker. Like, you know, I hope that there is excitement when they see it. It's a big deal. I'm surprised so. it mm-hmm. took them this long to reintroduce it to the game. I mean, that it's over. 10 seasons uh wait no sorry over 20 seasons almost 20 seasons yeah. since the last time yeah i mean i mean for me the math is not mathing <laughs> the math is not mathing thank you mimi honestly like i want we did talk already about mimi and her um her rants to the camera i want them to air it so bad because it's so good and so entertaining so good and i think i just honestly love that Mimi is taking advantage of her alone time to fill us in on what's going on in her mind. So, I mean, with this episode, I think it was, I have a theory. Okay. I want to share my theory real quick because I, 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 I've been, it's been building up these past couple of like, I feel like Bowie Jane might win the season and I have no, hear me out, hear me out. I know it's, absolutely bonkers uh, no i, I disagree I, I, I disagree i really do i know <laughs> i'm disagreeing with myself here's the here's the reason here's the reason in the edits they have been giving her very small strategic um cutaways so like when she left the room when they were forming the alliance they gave her a confessional about her strategy for doing that when she volunteered to go to the scary realm they gave her a confessional explaining her reasoning, which actually was a pretty good reason. I thought that that was pretty strategic, but they're giving her all of these like very strategic edits that we're not getting from like uh, Mimi and we haven't really gotten it from America. So it's like, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to tell us? So if she ends up at the end, just remember when, when I brought this up, I'm going to say, I know it's absolutely bonkers. I, I, I disagree. Uh, I think that, Look, if if she's playing like that, 
and that's her real strategy. And she doesn't have a strategy for when she goes on the block as a pawn in these next couple of weeks. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to call your bluff and I'm going to say you're wrong. However, if this is her strategy to be aloof and like, you know, try and deassociate from like most strategy. And then once she's on the block as a pawn, start going hardball and start playing stronger. Okay. I mean that's a strat. That's a that's a fair strat. Take a look at um uh, going to Big Brother Canada here. Godfrey from Big Brother Canada three took this strategy pretty much. He was aloof, yeah. didn't play the game, was just hanging out. And then once he hit the block, thanks to Zach the HOH, he woke up and he blew the house up. And then, in my opinion, played a top ten BB can game of all time. Some people disagree, um, but he woke up and so. That is an actual strategy. So if Bowie Jane decides to do that, I all power to her. I, I just the problem is we're, we're trying to read into the edit of Big Brother. Like it's not Survivor. I know. Matthew. Yeah. You know? I know. He's right. I get it. He's right. But I think it's interesting when they choose to select th- like things from one these different house guests. I think it's a very interesting strategy on their part to tell us a story. What do you think, Will? I, I'm just confused why it's someone like Bowie Jane because I've been watching the feeds all day for the last three days because I, I have I've had the flu I've pretty much been bed born for a long time now I've been watching the feeds Bowie Jane is like a ghost right I know she was in the nether region but I have not seen any of Bowie Jane in the feeds she's more visible on the show somehow which to me is right. Wild. Like I've like I've seen a lot of Mimi, I've seen a lot of America and looks I, I try to go and look out for those players. Um but Bo- so I don't know. I, I really wish I don't know. I, I feel like they should be more spread even. Like I'm glad they're giving Bowie Jane those little nuggets of uh strategy, but you know, maybe give some strategy to like Felicia or you know, Mimi. You know, and not just well, making everyone the same characters. What you just said is the reason that my spider senses are tingling. Like, something is going on with this. Like you said, we barely see her on the feeds, but then somehow in the episodes, we see a lot more from Bowie Jane. I just want to make it clear, I'm not exactly rooting for Bowie Jane. Jack, like you said, if her strategy really kicks in, then, you know, I'll, I'll probably yeah. start. But right now, yeah. I'm like, Felicia... And Mamericori, like that's like I'm rooting for this group. Yeah. So this yeah. Is interesting. Yeah, I mean, like this is um you know, we have we got a lot of we got a lot of things going on. Like, you know, the whole first of all, all the votes flipping like chaotically, like okay, so they said it on this episode. They said that the you know, Julie said the vote flips back and forth. Who's gonna stay? I feel like it landed pretty solidly on Riley towards the middle of yesterday into the evening it pretty was like all right riley's going home um but before that yeah it definitely was because on tuesday the whole shebang was gone and cameron was the one going home unanimously yeah all of tuesday it was like cameron's gotta go cameron's gotta go cameron's gotta go and so all the scenes you saw on this episode probably came from that tuesday because it was all there so so lively on the feeds. Hmm. Also, if you don't have Paramount Plus and you want to watch the feeds, uh, Pluto TV, you are able to watch the feeds for free. The price and stipulation probably has ads. Um, I use Paramount Plus. I'm sure y'all do something similar. The feeds are a whole different show. I know we joke about Big Brother being a very corny and cheesy show with how it's edited at times with you know some of the challenges and whatnot. The feeds shine a totally different light to the show. It makes it more serious and competitive, like what Big Brother, to me, is supposed to be. If you ever want to watch strategic reality television, and I know that's a stupid phrase, but if you ever want to watch that in any way, the number one is Big Brother Live Feeds because you get to see in real time what players are doing and how their game translates conversation to conversation. Survivor's next, and then Survivor's got some pretty decent strategy and pretty great strategy sometimes, but we don't get to see the moment-to-moment kind of stuff. And then the the Big Brother show, which is just 
cornball and just a bunch of, you know, terrible scuttled conversations. So if you really want to see, if you're a strategy enthusiast like I am, and you want to see that in-depth and you want to see, like you want to get your spidey senses tingling, watch the feeds. They have everything. They have everything. And that's why people are liking this season because of the feeds. The feeds lie. So. I absolutely <laughs> agree with you. I think we should talk more about the feeds right after a very quick 47-second ad break, and we'll be right back. Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the players' stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me this shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash katietedescoart.com. Now, I really quickly just wanted to give a shout out to everyone joining us uh, live this evening. Thank you all for joining. Uh, just wanted to give you uh, the update that we have channel memberships now, which you can see down below this way in the graphic over there. Uh, these are these are really great. But we, are, if you would like to support the channel, feel free to sign up for one of these tiers. If not, liking and sub, uh, liking this video, leaving comments, subscribing to the channel, also wonderful ways to support. I just want to let you know that we do have a live chat going that members will be allowed to use for the eviction episodes. However, when we talk about things like the HOH and we talk about the Wednesday episode, the veto, that is going to be open to subscribers. So if you are unable to join as a member right now, totally get it. Uh, feel free to subscribe so that you can engage with us uh, for the Sunday and Wednesday episodes. All right, Jack and Will. Um, I have to admit, I missed a lot of the live feeds this week, but I had heard a lot going on behind the scenes in terms of, like we said, it was Cameron, then it was Riley. Back to Cameron, now it landed on Riley. What were some highlights that both of you enjoyed seeing on the feeds this week? Or if not enjoyed, at least captivated you? Um, I mean, I think I already stated the obvious, but I think the most captivating thing for me was the Mimi rants. And I will establish now the context of these rants. Um, I'm pretty sure they were all in response mainly to Izzy. And just Izzy's just kind of rampant chaos with how uh, she was strategizing it like me when Mimi got frustrated and she didn't want anybody to know she got frustrated with how fast or how stupid someone was playing the game she she doesn't walk to the kitchen take a second she doesn't sit in the living room for a couple of minutes no if she's in the upstairs in the half not room and she just needs to go to the storage room, she would jump over the railing if she could. She goes right to the storage room and then just unloads. It is, it is manic. And I think my favorite moment, it's an underrated one for sure, um, my favorite moment is when Mimi goes into the storage room again and is about to just unload. Ten seconds later, Hysum comes in. And then it is the most like tense conversation because Mimi's not trying to explode and Heisen's just like, mm -hmm, right. So yeah, I, th I think that Riley would be a very good option to go home this week. Like, was that good? That was pretty good. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm for real. And then Mimi was like, just hard in her hand. She was just like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, like that was my favorite because it was just, Isom's just complete ignorance, and then Mimi's just need to just explode to the cameras, just meshing in the one, and that's the epitome of this week, in my opinion, is Isom and just wanting your brain to just Man. play out in a million pieces. Yeah. My favorite rant, though, came from after the, the veto ceremony, where everyone, like, after that ceremony, Everyone wanted to vote on Cameron. And Mimi was just like, yep. why are we doing this? One mm -hmm. bad speech, and now we're changing your votes? Come on, guys. Let's play the game. I thought that was very, very good. Another one of my favorite moments from Beats, though, 
Um, it came from a conversation with Blue, Matt, or no, not Matt, Blue, Jag, and Riley. Because Riley, she's crying. She's trying to get these votes to flip, and she's sobbing. And Blue is just like, Riley, come on. You got to, like, talk to people, you know? You, you got to stop with this sloppy game. So like, I'm, like, I'm like, Blue, oh, my God. That that helped confirm to me that, like, Blue is still in the game and being under the radar. Because that's the problem with the feed sometimes is that we see the game play out, but we don't know how people, if people are actually, like, playing the game or if they're, like, oblivious or what their thought process is. That's why I do watch the show, because I like watching the confessionals. I like seeing the diary room sessions, scripted or not. But yeah. that was a small little blue moment that made me chuckle. And I have to bring up um, another – let's bring it into a, a topic here. Topic of showmances. They happen all the time, every season. Who's going to get into a showmance? Who's not? Obviously, Riley's not in any showmances, because Riley's gone. Um, but – one of those potential showmances was absolutely sniped this week when Matt shot his shot with Riley and said, hey, I just want to let you know I have the biggest crush on you. And Riley said, oh, Matt, and just gave her a hug. <laughs> I feel so bad for Matt because he seems like a great guy. But, man, he got shut down hard. And then it gets even better because – this has been theorized, and now the talk finally really happened. Jared and Blue have been really starting to make a connection, and they had the talk of, are we doing this? Is this going to be a showman's kind of thing? And I don't know what Sari told Jared to say or act like, but Jared was just like – he was just like, are you okay if I slept with, like, over 25 women? Are you okay if I slept with over 100 women? Are you exaggerating? I'm like, no. Like, I'm pretty sure he said, like, something along those exact lines. I, yeah, they were talking about, like, body counts and stuff. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Jared was really not, not the, he's, I think he's got a weird thing going on, and I hope it's not anything too serious with that. But, uh, you know, th this has been a pretty complex showman's season so far because, yeah. you know, ones that are expected can't happen anymore, and ones that are expected are insane. So yeah. I, think we're, I think we're cooking. I think we're having a good time right now. Cooking. Actually, yeah. I, I – I expected um, them to show. I did see on Twitter, I did see the conversation where Matt confessed that he had a crush on Riley. I really kind of expected them to show it in the episode with like the romantic yeah. music and then they hugged. Like I was really they I'm glad up. they showed. Some, I know. I'm glad they showed some <laughs> some restraint. Uh, what's up, Will? I was going to say another small underrated moment that got me thinking between Matt and Riley. It was a conversation with Matt and Corey. Matt was talking about Riley. And and Corey is being playful. He's like, yeah, why do you think girls will be into you, right? And like, I'm here. And Matt's because like, <laughs> Matt's like, I don't know, man. I'm not the best listener. The funniest and most tragic thing ever said on Big Brother. Just Matt going, I'm not the best listener. Like Matt, that's some very that's some very self aware comment. <laughs> that is self aware. <laughs> it's very good. Um, that is absolutely. Wonderful. That. I'm I'm so happy that he is on the season. I don't know. Did either of you see the article that Big Brother posted in Entertainment Weekly? So I think it, oh, it was yesterday. It was yesterday morning yeah. before the veto. It was about the what what they did to make the house more accessible, or what they say they did to make the house more accessible to Matt. It's an interesting read. I think I'm really curious to know from Matt after this is all over. Like, yeah. does he feel like he was given a fair shake i'd love to know does he feel like he was uh getting to play the game the same way that everyone else there was i'm really curious to hear that from him um and i know that there are a lot of different opinions out there about if yesterday's uh power of veto was fair i found it very interesting that they did not show the what was it they didn't show the five like the three times that weren't in the top three yeah mm -hmm. so i don't know what's going on there i i 
I'm hoping Big Brother is doing their homework, but I have to say something wasn't adding up yesterday for me. Yeah, um, it was a little it was a little tough to see that um, those it was just the three top scores because usually with those kind of comps they show everybody's time yeah. they show everybody's score. Um, maybe they're trying to cover their tracks because they realize that you know putting someone that doesn't really have the greatest hearing uh, ability into a song about listen or a comp about listening and identifying particular sounds wasn't the best idea to show the results. Um, but in my opinion, that's a lack of foresight. And if that if that's the case, you know, if Matt did not perform well and it was because of that, I'm just hypothetically, I think that's a lack of foresight on Big Brother's part. And I think going forward, if they were to include someone like Matt or in general, someone with a disability on his season, they would have to find a way to make the comps accessible for everybody so that there wouldn't be one that was severely disadvantaging one of, you know, a, dis a disabled person. So it's, it's iffy. I, I don't know for sure. And I don't think we ever will know. I will also say too, um, apparently, allegedly, when Matt left the competition, he was right? Which could mean that Matt timed out and didn't do that well in the competition or it could be something else. It could be a variety of things. But while the feeds were down, because the feeds were down for like 16 hours for a five-hour competition. That's not normal. Yes, feeds yes, yes. down for like seven hours for a comp for, you know, carry over each round, explaining whatever. But during the feed outage, there's been some leaks where all the house guests have universally agreed that Matt would not see the block this week because the challenge was not fair to him which I think is good on the house guests, yeah. but it's also unfair to kind of put them as the moral compass and the morality police of having to say what is or isn't fair when the producers aren't doing their job of making the game fair. Right. But they still give them props for it. Yeah. I think the biggest um, issue with that is a lack of transparency, and with that comes the lack of um, feeds. You know, feed shutting there's – a, there's a joke um, – everywhere with big brother it's button boy yep. button boy is the one who's pushing on the cameras pushing off the cameras telling them what to do it's like the intern at big brother or whatever um well everyone hates button boy always turns off at the worst times i'm very very scared that button boy is gonna get a pay downgrade if he starts cutting time out of the pressure cooker next week if he does i'm gonna be livid livid that needs to be on feet so but yeah it's it's tough because some of these moments like we could have seen these moments where they universally agreed that like this competition is fair and i'll be like wow okay it's like we're, we're jumping into survivor um jeff probst having the humility to be like yeah okay this is unfair this is not right i'm gonna change this i'm gonna step in as an executive producer Big Brother has the humility to do that and go, yeah, okay, this is right. Let's change this competition or tweak it a little bit so that it's more accessible. You know, we could see some of that on TV, and then that's a great moment to like, okay, hey, Big Brother's listening, and they're, you know, they're trying their best, something like that. Um, but, yeah, we miss a lot of crucial moments whenever the feeds are down, and sometimes they're down for like a minute Sometimes they're down for a day and a half. You never know. So you always got to be in your toes. And also ran against Button Boy because he's the one doing it. <laughs> I like your approach, Jack. I like that <clears throat> the show would be able to make more of an, like a, a learning opportunity for everyone if they just sort of embraced the mistakes that had been made. And I think it would look less likely that they had just been trying to brush things under the rug um so i can't i keep saying it every week i hope it gets better i do hope that when this is all over and matt's out of the house that he is able to say i had such a great time and i feel like they did everything they could and um and uh you know i, I did my best in the competitions like i hope that's what he's going to be able to say um this is just speaking from a someone who it missed the feeds but is watching this season um 
pressure cooker. I am excited for it. I agree with you. Button boy, please don't get in the way of it. I know I'm trying to prepare myself that I know that they need to like, do you know how they need to like sneak in the, um, uh, oh, uh, I'm going to use Heisum as an example. Like, oh, uh, Heisum has been eliminated. Like, I know that they turn the cameras that. off so they can, like... Do you remember last season, um, Michael was had to do, like, one of the lines when someone fell off the wall, like, many times? He had to repeat it? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that, actually. I remember that moment. I... With Pressure Cooker, I think... What every BBA fan wants to see. I mean, obviously, it's back. Great. They want to see just pressure cooker. Julie teased that there's going to be a scary verse twist with the pressure cooker. I hope that doesn't tamper with anything. But the real pressure cooker is everybody in a box, a glass box in the backyard, hand on a button. They can adjust it any way they want, just as long as their hand's on the button, and they stand there forever until someone wins and that is what everybody in my opinion wants to see let the hoh play out until friday night saturday morning let it play out as long as it needs to we have i will say the feed schedule goes like this thursday night to friday morning is the hoh friday saturday morning they pick for veto saturday afternoon they play the veto sunday or monday i'm i'm unsure they um do a veto ceremony. There are a good two days or three days where nothing happens. Let it run out. Let that pressure cooker run out, baby. That that would unify Big Brother fans and say, yeah, that was a great moment. That is a landmark point for this season, for sure. Absolutely. I also want to say in Big Brother All-Stars 2, it was rumored that there would be another pressure cooker. And Ian Terry went up to Kaser, and he was just like, pressure cooker number two. And that became a (laughs) joke in me and my household. We we just keep saying pressure cooker number two. Because you know how Ian is quiet and shy and love Ian Terry. I love you. Shout out to Ian. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. Well, with that, I think we have a lot to look forward to, especially uh, that not this HOH, but the next HOH with the pressure cooker. Very looking, uh, very much looking forward to that. We are going to end the stream here. As a reminder, we do these live streams at the end of every episode. So on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, uh, we're also covering Survivor Cambodia as well. So you can catch those live streams. And Jack and Will, you're also doing a stock watch, right? Yeah, so... I would like to say uh, I apologize. I, we were not able to do stock watch this Monday. Uh, I yeah. have been studying for the certifi- certification exam for the past, uh, you know, like the past week or so. Where's the paper? I have it somewhere. Uh, doesn't matter. I, I passed. I got the certification. We're good. Yeah. 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 Um, so now I'm back. So, yes, we will definitely be hosting on Monday. Stockwatch will be back, and uh, we will be covering, covering uh, 7 to 9 of the merge of Cambodia. All right. Well, that's all we have for all of you. Thanks again for joining.